At the theater, more than the movies come to life, movie lovers march in and skip the line with digital tickets to the latest movies on the free Fandango app, ready to grab some snacks. Pick me! And head to the best seats in the house for a night of romance, terror, and quality family screen time. Visit Fandango.com or download the app today for your ticket to the movies. I'm ready to go. Streaming now only on Peacock. Five rich and famous international soccer stars. They have everything except love. I think girls in the past have gone for me because of what I've got. That's why we're going undercover. We're setting them up with single American women. They don't know we are famous. They don't know we are rich. And they'll have to hide their true identity. What do you do for work? I'm an ad salesman. (laughs) Oh, God. What am I doing? Love Undercover. New series streaming now only on Peacock. Welcome into another and fresh week of Bet the Edge. Thank you to those of you watching on our NBC Sports Edge YouTube channel, joined by Drew Densick, and I'm your host, Sarah Perlman. And coming up today, we are going to get insight on the Eagles' win total and what to expect from Jalen Hurts with NBC Sports Philadelphia's Dave Zangaro. Von Dalzell is also here, so you know he'll tell us where he's going in the K-Prop market today. He also has a jump on college football week one lines. And of course, we wrap up the show with Edge of the Day. All that, so much more coming up right here on Bet the Edge, powered by PointsBet. There's no place like the movie theater. The smell of fresh popcorn welcomes you to a full body experience, while candies and sodas compete for your attention. Hoping to join you in the best seats you've reserved on Fandango. It's where movie lovers buy tickets, pick seats, and double up on rewards points all online. All that's left is to walk in, snack up, and sit back. Visit Fandango.com or download the app today for your ticket to the movies. I'm ready to go. Streaming now only on Peacock. Five rich and famous international soccer stars. They have everything except love. I think girls in the past have gone for me because of what I've got. That's why we're going undercover. We're setting them up with single American women. They don't know we are famous. They don't know we are rich. And they'll have to hide their true identity. What do you do for work? I'm an ad salesman. (laughs) Oh, God. What am I doing? Love Undercover. New series streaming now only on Peacock. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this. How about that? An Olympics unlike any other. The Paris Olympics. This summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock. And Drew, we saw some college football over the weekend. Week zero has begun. It was a good feeling to turn on college game day. I know my household was happy. I'm sure you were as well. But now we look ahead to some bigger games. And week one, beginning here on Thursday, really. And as I take a look at the board, there's already been some movement. Um, A lot of line movement even earlier this morning, especially for a game I'll talk about for edge of the day. But as you look across the board and we get ready for college football, are there any games that you're eyeing and trying to see if they move one way or another where you could possibly get action in? 
Yeah, the game, I'm, I guess in the game, I, you know, there's a lot to be excited about. We <laughs> talked to uh, college football experts all offseason, thanks to our good friend Thor. I'm already on Clemson at a nice number against Georgia. I'm already on UNC at a nice number against Virginia Tech. Yep. Um, but uh, those are sort of this, the marquee games. A game that's not really a marquee game that I'm very interested in is the Texas A&M-Kent State game. Uh, fascinating matchup here because you have Texas A&M bringing in uh, a rookie who we have not seen yet. A lot of people excited about this uh, this young kid, Haynes King, uh, Texas uh, homegrown prospect, playing you know making his first start for the Aggies against Kent State Golden Flashes. And yeah, it should be a rocking house, uh, you know, down there in College Station. And uh, realistically, this is a nightmare matchup for Kent State. Kent State is a pretty small team. They're not very physical. They don't really have much in terms of size at the skill position players. And they're going up against a very, very, very tough defense. But the matchup that really spooks me here, if I'm Kent State backer, I don't think that Texas A&M is going to punt in this game. They have so much more physicality on the offensive line. Their running game is going to be able to get six, seven yards a clip. Uh, the way that I match these two teams up. So this looks like one-way traffic here for Texas A&M. Uh, I'm going to grab this number before it gets too out of control here. But uh, realistically, this is going to probably settle at or around 30. True. Remind me, but I'm pretty sure you were interested, and in, I think it was 33-1 to 1 looking at A&M to win the college national title. Yeah, I still I think that's of the bets on the board, that's the one that I think is the most mispriced. Um this team is really, really good. And if Haynes is the real deal uh, and some of the transfers they got, you know, you know some of these guys uh, look like they can be immediate impact players, I think they can challenge Alabama for the West. And if they get into the SEC title game, uh, I think they would be a prerogative favorite over the likes of Georgia. Uh, and so this is a this is a one that I do think uh, could sneak into the final four that people aren't really taking a note, notice of. It does seem like this line is probably just headed in one direction and, of course, in the direction of Texas A&M currently at minus 29 and a half, a game that I'm looking at and I'm going to hold my breath for this one. I know you will as well here, but I'm looking at Tulane with the 26 and a half points. And I think I'm going to have to grab it. If you looked a while ago, the really look ahead line opening number was 21. Obviously money is poured in on Oklahoma and rightfully so. An electric offense, another year with the Heisman favorite that we've talked about just a bit with Spencer Rattler. We know the better team, far better team, but this is a ton of points. I will say Oklahoma coming off last year, you look, they were really good at covering the number. 7-1 against the number in their last eight. I'm kind of hoping against to 27 then I'd really jump and grab Tulane which I do think that will happen but I do think the points are now even worth a look at the 26 and a half as I look at the board Michael Pratt another good year he looked pretty good in stretches I know they run the ball really well and even though they're going to have an issue against a better Oklahoma defense Drew it's not like this defense is the most stout defensive team in all of college football it's kind of a weird opener I think for the Sooners I look at the green wave seven two and one against the number as a home underdog under Willie Fritz I think I'll take the 26 and a half um, and kind of, as I said, hold my breath, hope they pack it in towards the end of the game. No injuries, get off the field and see if they can keep it within that, you know, under four touchdown mark I'm looking at here. Okay. That's a, it's an interesting one. Do you think their, their prep has been disrupted at all by the hurricane? Yeah, probably has just a little bit, quite frankly, but maybe what I'm hoping is they get a little extra rest. And as I said, because of being a home underdog and kind of a weird opener for Oklahoma and kind of avoiding injuries, as I mentioned, for week one matchups, if by the third quarter they're up big, they kind of start taking Spencer Rattler and company off of the field. So I'll look for the 27 as of now, 26 and a half. It is something I'm keeping my eye on, but I know a lot of our guys with NBC Sports Edge love Oklahoma to win. So they're probably hating this play because they want this team to go um, undefeated, no injuries and get off the field. 
Now we're going to bring in Dave Zangaro because we transition to the NFL. We'll get back to college football in just a bit. And Dave, we're really excited to pick your brain. We love having people, obviously, that cover the team every single day. And this is tricky for me because I look at the Eagles and their offense should be pretty good. I look at week one right now, Atlanta at home laying three and a half. The total's 48. But we talked a little bit off air and something that's kind of crossed you know, my brain I've been thinking about for a while is their new head coach with Nick Sirianni. And he was with the Colts before, but he never called plays, excuse me, for the Colts. So now I look at this team that obviously should have a little bit of momentum on the offensive side of the ball. But what have you seen from them and what should we expect? Because it seems like there's a lot of uncertainty when I look at their offense and play calling. Yeah, I mean, that's the way he wants it. He went so vanilla in the preseason. He didn't want anyone to know what they were doing. Uh, I can tell you, I got a better sense of it, like watching them every day in practice it's going to be a fun offense it's it's going to be a lot of um you know the big plays in this offense aren't all necessarily going to be downfield throws so you're going to see a lot of screens you're going to see a little bit more running the ball than they did under doug peterson but also a lot of pre-snap movement i they lost me a few times in practice i'll be honest uh so it's it's you got to kind of follow the ball and uh, i think it'll be a fun offense they have some explosive playmakers they have guys like you know obviously Devonte smith Jalen Rager, who is at least explosive, Miles Sanders, Kenny Gainwell. So they have some explosive players, and Sirianni's whole offense is kind of just predicated around getting them the ball and, and letting them create. And with the, their offensive line, it's a pretty good offensive line, athletic offensive line. So the screen game should be a big part of what they do. Well, that's all exciting to hear because, yeah, I'm I'm into this uh, over week one against Atlanta. I think that's going to be a really good back and forth game on that fast turf down there in Atlanta. So hearing that there's you know motion in particular uh, that they're going to introduce that with, you know, because this is kind of a sneaky, deep offense all of a sudden. You know, there's been there were times last year when it was literally like get a healthy body out there for as wide receiver, please get someone out there. And now all of a sudden you have some decent talent with the uh, the you know, the two young draft picks. Uh, yeah, and as well as, uh, you know, you can give them two tight end sets as well. Uh, we, are you guys, as you evaluate this unit overall, is it fair to say that this offense will be the strength of the team? I don't know. See, the, the problem, they have a lot of talent, but it's all relatively unproven, especially at the skill position spots. We know they have good tight ends, but look, I, I think Devontae Smith's going to be really good, but he's entering a rookie season. He had a knee injury for a lot of this training camp. So you don't know exactly how quickly he'll pick it up. I think he'll be okay. After him, Jalen Rager had a disappointing rookie season. Quez Watkins, a second-year, sixth-round pick. So yeah, there are some questions about their skill players. The biggest question is about Jalen Hurts and what kind of step he can take in year two. The one thing I am convinced about is if this offensive line stays healthy, they're one of the best units in the league. So um, that's a big deal. They didn't have that last year. They had 13 different offensive line combinations in 16 games last year. So when you're looking for where their trouble started in 2020, that was it. And everything kind of snowballed from there. So if that unit can stay healthy and Hurts can take at least a, a moderate step forward in year two, then, yeah, I think this offense can do some damage. But I look at their defense. I think their defense might be a little bit more of their strength right now. Wow, that's interesting. I mentioned that the Eagles are getting three and a half points on the road in Atlanta. If you look back, Eagles have won three of the last four matchups against the Falcons, but obviously a new offense, new head coach, and they're taking on another new offense, a new head coach with the Falcons. Ultimately, how do you see these two teams matching up? You've been watching the Eagles at practice every day.
Yeah, it's I, I like the idea of it being a high scoring game. I think that's very possible. It's tough because Eagles didn't really play much in the preseason that they were kind of geared towards staying healthy. So we haven't really seen what they can do. There's a lot of unknown going into this game, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, I like what I've seen from the scheme. I think they can score some points. I kind of like them in that opener because if they don't win that one, then the schedule starts to get pretty tough on them all of a sudden. So they could dig themselves a hole. So it's, it's not a must win in week one, but it would help them out quite a bit if they got a win in that first game. Yeah, they're drawing the Niners who are coming off of that extended preseason where they go to West Virginia week two. That's going to be a tough, tough, tough test. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I guess that the Eagles won every practice, though, in the preseason, right? They did. And you know, what? it's funny because they, that's clearly where they put their emphasis. Sure. So on one hand, it's like, you know, I'm writing about it, I'm talking about it, and people are like, it's practice. <laughs> but they cared more about those joint practices than they did the preseason games. So you know, if you have to take it with a grain of salt, of course, but if if the head coach prioritizes these joint practices and then they outperform the two teams they saw in those joint practices, two teams who I don't think are going to be very good, by the way, in the Patriots and the Jets, um, it, it does count for something. You know, I mean, it, it it's not as it's not like they're going to have a parade for it, but <laughs> I thought they showed out pretty well. And, you know, it's a better sign to win those practices than to lose them. Yeah, no, I I actually wasn't even being sarcastic. I did take a lot, I think, because that was major takeaway of all preseason. Honestly, it felt like totally. coaches did take these joint practices more seriously than they took the preseason games. I think you saw it in a lot of cases. And uh, I honestly, I think it's fair to be cautiously optimistic about the Eagles because of how well their preseason really went. I mean, shoot. When we came into this, you know, this preseason, there was a lot of rumors that the Eagles were going to try to trade for Deshaun Watson. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, they do make a trade for Gardner Minshew. Does that close the book on the Watson, you know, rumors? And does that is that tell you more that they are feeling positive about Hurts heading into this 2021 campaign? I don't know if Minshew's necessarily uh, any kind of sign on Hurts because I think Minshew's going to be the backup next year no matter who the starter is, I think that, you know, with him being under contract in, in 22 for a really cheap price under a million, he's going to be the backup next year regardless. Look, I don't think the Deshaun Watson book is closed until it's closed. You know, I, I think the Eagles, look, the, the, the natural inclination was to think they were players because they are somewhat uncertain about the future with Jalen Hurts and they have potentially three first round picks next year. Now, it seems like, based on recent reports, that maybe Deshaun Watson doesn't have Philly at the top of his list, and, and when he has no trade clause, that matters. But I don't think you can rule them out until something happens there because they, they should be interested. I'm not saying they should make the trade, but any team that doesn't have stability at the position, and we're just talking about Watson, the football player, right. which is tough to right. do right now, yeah. but you put everything else aside and say, this is a really good football player. He's an all-time you know, he, we're looking at a Hall of Fame player in the prime of his career. Any team that isn't settled at the quarterback position has to at least keep an eye on him. And I think that's what the Eagles have done. I think that's what they'll continue to do and, until something is finalized there. Well, for now, they have Jalen Hurts and, of course, Gardner Minshew as their backup. And if you look at their roster right now, a lot of great points that you've kind of said specifically about their offense. I look at their win total for this season sitting at six and a half and the over is now juice. Some money's coming in on the over for them to get to seven wins. You could argue after their second game, their strength of schedule is a little bit favorable. You seem to like their defense and be higher than most people. So when you look at their entire season and I have not bet this win total yet, can they get to seven wins? Yeah, they can. I mean, I think this is probably a seven 
to eight, nine win team. I don't think they're going to make huge waves this year. I don't, I don't think overall the roster is that good. I think specifically their depth might be an issue, and which is why I think they were so cautious in the preseason not getting their starters injured because they looked at the guys they had behind them and thought, well, we can't risk this. So, And in this division, it's a relatively weak division. I think they can get seven to nine wins. Yeah, so I, I would kind of lean toward the over there. Yeah, Dallas, of course, the favorite to win the division, plus 125. Washington, plus 260. You go to the Giants at plus 375, and they're the Eagles. Longest odds, plus 525 to win the East. Yeah, uh, to, to me, this division comes down to Philly and Washington at the end of the day, and you, you know, I'm going to be watching pretty closely uh, those two head-to-heads as they are, are late in the calendar. So really not a lot of not a lot of reason to rush to the window and get a ticket now. You can kind of evaluate things, see how these two teams, you know, specifically related to health and, and depth. I think that's a really good point. I like Washington quite a bit, by the way. I, I think they have a pretty good program, and I, I think they have a better quarterback. I think they'll at least be steady. In, in a division where there's so many unknowns, you can kind of count on Ron Rivera and, and Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know what he is. There's a lot of, a lot of variables with those other teams. Yeah, I took Washington to win the division quite a few months back, and at plus 260 – I do like it. Number was a little bit better before, but I still like it. Dave, thank you so much. Be sure to follow Dave on Twitter at DZangaro NBCS. He has reports all season long, of course, on the Eagles. And check out the Eagle Eye podcast with more on the birds with Dave and Ruben Frake. Dave, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. The Premier League is built on hope. The hope of discovering a new star. It doesn't take long, but Darwin Nunez the hope of rewriting history and the hope of continuing a dynasty unstoppable week after week this is the premier league on nbc usa and peacock i'm ready to go streaming now only on peacock five rich and famous international soccer stars they have everything except love i think girls in the past have gone for me because of what i've got that's why we're going undercover we're setting them up with single american women they don't know we are famous they don't know we are rich and they'll have to hide their true identity what do you need for work i'm an ad salesman (laughs) oh god what am i doing love undercover new series streaming now only on peacock for the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. It's a world record again! Goal for the United States! Unbelievable! And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this! How about that? An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics. This summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock. We are in the middle of fantasy football drafting season. Be ready with the perfect companion, an NBC Sports Edge Plus subscription. Get draft guides, player projections, rankings, and more to gain an edge this season. And if you type in the code SARAH15, you will get 15% off any annual subscription. Yeah, we were joking around on Friday that I was losing badly in the competition of who could get more subscribers. <laughs> and uh, thank you to those of you who were out there listening and come came through for me this weekend, used my code DREW15 instead of Sarah15. 
Uh, I appreciate you guys. You're my guys. Uh, but yeah, it's fantasy football season through and through this weekend, this week and this weekend, everybody's doing their, their home drafts. And if you're using the, uh, the generic rankings instead of customized rankings, you can get from the NBC sports edge tool, then you are going to be at a disadvantage. It's funny you say that after you mentioned that you were going through some of the rankings on other various sites and then using the edge tools, I was laughing at the difference and basically the quality of draft you can get depending on what you use. So be sure to check that out in all seriousness. Use Sarah 15, please. Bye now. <laughs> We bring in Von Delzell. I'm sure he has a code as well he can tell us to use for 15% off. But it helps. Anything helps with these awesome subscriptions. And Vaughn, before we get to college football, because I know you've already had some plays getting ready for week one here, your K-prop is what I care about most. We all know that. You have been red hot all season long with the K-props, and that's yeah. where I want to begin today. You look at the baseball slate, a little bit tough here today. Which pitcher are you targeting? Yeah, it is an interesting slate. Not as much out there in K-Prox, to be honest. So it's about being disciplined today. We got to take what's right and follow our trends. So as I spoke multiple times on this show, fading a left-handed pitcher against the Atlanta Braves is one of my favorite things to do. Under the five-and-a-half mark, we have 20 straight left-handed pitchers that have gone under six strikeouts. Julio Rice is six-and-a-half and five-and-a-half five on some books today. Both lines, as you can imagine, are more than playable, in my opinion. I prefer the plus 100 or better. For the five and a half, but overall, he has gone under five and a half strikeouts and 12 of his last 15 starts. A lot of fives on the season, 18 and seven to the under six and a half. All right. So Atlanta only has 38 strikeouts in the last five games. I'm targeting the Braves again. One of my favorite props of the entire season. And if you go to the NBC Sports Edge website, I also have my other play out on the day. It's going to be a Bailey overplay. So if you're looking for some afternoon baseball, I got that one on the website and the app. I can't give out my code because it's only 10% off. So I'm not, a, you know, I'm not as fancy as Drew and Sarah. So I'm not going to give you that uh, that 5% loss of money right there. I'm all about making the money. All right. Well, you've been making the money in the K-Props, my man. Definitely. You're having a tremendous season. Uh, you can't be giving away the golden edges like that, though. You just you said, you just said it out loud. You're fading uh, left-handed pitches against the race. Okay. Well, now I know. Well, let's, let's pivot a little bit and, uh, and pick your brain on some college football because it is week one coming up uh we got a nice little appetizer this weekend with week zero i thought um but there is a lot to pick through on the slate for week one can you talk me through your thought process on this tennessee game where we have a new regime coming in we have a lot of existing talent we have some interest i'm, I'm interested in this game they're taking on a pretty weak opponent from the mac and bowling green uh how do you how do you see this uh tennessee bowling green game playing out in uh, knoxville yeah, normally I wouldn't be as excited about a Tennessee Vols game in week one, but they got the new regime, like you said, that new coaching staff. And as you know, a lot of offense gone down there in Central Florida. So they, they led the league in passing yards, total yards, and points per game last year in the conference. Now they go to Tennessee, a team that could definitely run up the points per game here against Bowling Green. Now the spread's at 34 and a half, very hefty. Not many times are the Tennessee going to be favored by five touchdowns, but <laughs> what I'm going to wait and look for is a team total either in the first half or the full game here. This is why. Bowling Green has lost by an average of 44 points per game in 2019 or 37 in 2018 to teams outside of the MAC. That is a big stat, and they've allowed on average 55 points per game and 46 points per game to those schools, including the 45-plus to every single team outside the Power Five. This is a Power Five school at home with a new coaching staff that loves the offense, so when that team total comes out, make sure you check out my Twitter and NBC Sports Edge because I'll be targeting the Bulls team total over against Bowling Green. 
We'll be sure to see what that number opens and, of course, where you grab it. On your Twitter, I know our producer, Adam Wise, big Tennessee fan, is going to be thrilled about <laughs> your look on this one. Another game that I think a lot of us kind of like is BYU playing at Arizona. BYU laying 12 now on the road. The total is 54-and-a-half. BYU put up 40-plus points in nine of their 12 games last season. You could argue this offense looked pretty elite. So facing Arizona on the road, what do you got? Yeah, as you said, Sarah, a lot of points come from BYU. Now, they had Zach Wilson last year. They have to replace him, but they have Jaron Hall. If you don't know about Jaron Hall, his father and his brother both play running back at BYU. Jaron Hall has legs, as you can assume. He gets busy, as most BYU quarterbacks do, and he also is an outfielder on the baseball team, okay, a starter. So this guy has an arm as well. He can get it done in a lot of ways, so I'm not really looking at a huge decline here from a BYU team that went 8-3-1 and one against the spread last season. Under this coaching staff, they're four and two on neutral sites, and they'll be in Las Vegas for this one at the, at the Raiders' new stadium. It's going to be an exciting game. Arizona, 12 straight losing losses. Not looking good for them. BYU has a running game. A couple guys on defense coming back with some new returners or some new incomers, excuse me. So I'm looking at their defense going against the Arizona team that's going to start two quarterbacks in the first half. They openly said, we're playing two quarterbacks, and then we'll see what happens for the second half. Are you kidding me? I threw two units on BYU 11, oh, minus 11 and a half. It's at 12 and a half now. I'll play to 13. I'm also going to take a look at the first half spread or the team total when that comes out because this is a smash spot for BYU, in my opinion. Very cool. Very cool. I, I You know what? You've sold me on on both <laughs> of these. Um, I, I want one more from you, though. One more college football look. And let's, let's talk about a game that's going to draw all of the eyes across the sports fandom which is clemson georgia one of the best kickoffs i can remember in all of my years watching college football you have two teams that are expected to be in the playoff race going head to head week one uh clemson is currently a three-point favorite although there's been some very very good back and forth here as uh, i've seen the market move uh, both ways here in the last couple of weeks um where you know is there an edge here that clemson should be more than a field goal favorite in your opinion yeah, so I definitely want the three. I think the three is the key number here. I really don't want that three and a half number as much, but I do think there's a slight edge just from a coaching staff perspective and a defensive perspective here. Now, Clemson is returning nine stars on D. That's always crucial uh, when it comes to one of these top-tier programs, how many guys you're coming back on your defensive side of the ball. Georgia only has five, and Georgia was a very good defensive team last year. So I'm looking at that edge there, giving it to Clemson. The quarterback play on both sides is going to be outstanding. You can't really pick one or the other guy. If you say either guy's going to win Heisman this year, I'm not really going to argue with you too much about that one, but against the spread on neutral fields since 2018, Clemson is six and two, Georgia, just three, four and one. Okay. So that's definitely an impacting factor for me. And Clemson is also five and one against the spread. So I'm looking at these factors and I like Clemson here on the neutral field. And I will point out that they're playing at the Panther stadium. They have a lot of experience here because the last four ACC championships have been at the Panther stadium. And Clemson has won them all, all right? So they're opening their season here against a good Georgia team. This is going to be a great game. I want the three, nothing more than the three and a half. I like Clemson minus three in this spot. Big Tigers fan, let's roll. Okay, well, look for that. We're getting the three with Clemson. This is an interesting little stat here. Since Clemson's loss to Georgia back in 2014 when they opened the season against them, Clemson is 6-0 and in season openers, 8-0 and against the SEC in the regular season. Mm. Obviously, you point out where they're playing a little bit of edge there, so you will lay the three with Clemson. You can follow Vaughn on Twitter at Sports. Plenty of plays there, of course, on his social media and in-depth analysis on our website, NBCSportsEdge.com. Vaughn, thank you so much. Good luck with all your plays, especially the Cape prop for today.
Thanks, Sarah. Thanks, Drew. Bon ten. Bon ten. All right. We appreciate you listening to Bet the Edge here. Wherever you're listening, rate the podcast, sign up. We're giving you the most actionable information in 30 minutes or less, Monday through Friday. The lines move extremely quickly, and we are trying to make sure you're gaining an edge with us here. Of course, you can also reach out to us. I got a bunch of comments this morning. What are you playing in the U.S. Open? <laughs> I always welcome to those comments. And you can reach me at whale underscore capper if you want to pick away uh, some tennis matchups. The U.S. Open, of course, underway at long last final major of the season. We're going to have a lot of edge of the day U.S. Open this week. All right, well, I'm going to be honest and give everyone a little insight in the morning. Our producer, me and Drew, go through a little text chain. I wait to see what Drew's playing. And the second I saw a tennis play, I thought, we are back. We are going to get some awesome plays for the U.S. Open for Edge of the Day this week, as you mentioned, Drew. So where are we going for today? Well, there were four underdogs that popped as I picked through the lines today. Uh, so I took a little bit of money line, a little bit of plus games. Uh, the names, and these are not made up players. These are real people. Camille Myshak, he's a Polish player, has made a run, a, 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 a run to the round of 32 here in the past. I like his chances to pull off the upset. Uh, Quinton Halley's French player, very strong qualifying. Uh, as well as Sem Ilkel uh, of Turkey, really strong qualifying. So those three guys came through qualifiers. I think they're all live dogs today in their round one matches. But the biggest edge on my card goes to Argentina's Guido Pella. Guido Pella is in very, very, very solid form. Uh, he had a disastrous 2020 campaign where he basically he got uh, put into the most severe quarantine restrictions possible. Basically, you know, had to sit in his hotel room in, in New York for two weeks leading up to last year's event. Had a very poor showing at both the U.S. Open and the French Open because of that. And it has taken a while to bounce back and find his form so far this calendar year. But he has got it now. He There are a couple of deceptive results in his last couple times out because he went up against players that he either wasn't really bringing his best because there wasn't much to play for or he got mowed by Alexander Zverev which has happened to everyone on tour uh realistically though I thought he has been competing well he has a couple of notable upsets in his uh in his last several weeks and so I think he is very much live to get it done against a player uh who I don't really fancy has as much pedigree on this surface uh, to warrant his current price. Uh, Krajinovic is a great indoor hardcore player. Um, he needs the court speed to be a little faster to get the most out of his game than what is going to be here at the U.S. Open. Uh, so I think Guido Pella is going to absolutely take advantage of this opportunity, make a little run, make a little money, get a little points back that he lost uh, from his uh, from his poor, poor 2020 campaign. And uh, it starts today. I love it. All right, we'll take the plus five and a half uh, games at minus 115. Of course, any Tennessee play you give out or really any play, you know, I'm tailing and backing you with. So good luck with that one. I'm uh, actually going for edge of the day, but a game that's happening on Thursday and I'm giving it out today because there's been some really kind of crazy movement on this game. No surprise. It is Monday. The game's on Thursday. I grabbed Ohio State laying 13 and a half and you could say, what you want about this team, of course, losing a lot of quality talent to the draft. They're playing Minnesota. And the reason this line, I think, is moving is a few reasons. And I know Drew could touch on this, too. Now it's 14. There's still some 13 and a halfs on the board. I love it at 13 and a half. I think they win by two plus touchdowns. And I don't see this line heading any other way for what it's worth, 14 plus. But I think because there's a lot more betters now 
a lot of books have opened up around our country. We're going to see a lot more public action, especially on Thursday. Not that that necessarily moves the line quite a bit. It's normally sharper action that moves lines. But we're going to see a lot more college football betters, of course, legally on all of our books this NFL season with books just popping up in a lot more states. So it's something to keep an eye on. I'm betting a little bit early for these college football games. But I mentioned Ohio State continues to lose a lot of high-end talent to the draft. We know that, of course, they have a new starting quarterback in C.J. Stroud and I think he's going to be actually pretty good this year with Ryan Day. I think they're going to put him in obviously good situations, probably run the ball a little bit from what I was kind of reading about this team, but they still have really good wide receivers. I think if you remember um, Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson from last year's team, they're two of the best wide receivers in the game. And also I like Ryan Day and I think he's going to try to make a statement. I think they have a bad taste in their mouth after of course, last year losing in the college football playoffs in the championship. Buckeyes seven and three against the number in their last 10 road games. That's going to be important. Not to mention the Buckeyes six and one against the number as a road favorite under Ryan Day over the last two seasons. Tanner Morgan struggled last year for Minnesota. It is his final year, so we'll see what he can do. But ultimately, under two touchdowns, I think they get it done and make a statement trying to get back to the playoffs again. Not the same team as last year, as I mentioned, lost a lot of good players. But because their defense is going to be good, and not to mention with those two wide receivers, I think they take a big stance here and win by two touchdowns against Minnesota. I love it. I love it. Uh, I'll back you on this one. Uh, I, you know, You're streaking. This uh, the the Chelsea uh, Liverpool under was uh, was a no doubter. So <laughs> one one and a half time, barely had to sweat it out. Nothing like forty seven minutes of just making sure no goals were <laughs> happening. That was fun. All right, so that's why I'm giving it out today. Ultimately, we'll see where that line moves. So a tennis play, a college football play to open on Thursday. But that does it for another day here on Bet the Edge. Thanks again for those of you watching on our NBC Sports Edge YouTube channel. Please do not forget to subscribe and rate the podcast. And be sure to check out NBCSportsEdge.com for tons of content and tools to help you with all of your bets in fantasy football drafting season. Good luck with all of your plays for today. Have a great rest of your Monday. And Drew and I will be right back here with you tomorrow.